as I shared with you, the message changed last night, so there's no slides for it today. If you want to follow along in your Bible, you can. If you want to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it's on page 930 is where the main story is. Most of you know that I go all over the Bible when I'm teaching on the Word of God, wherever God directs me, but the main story is about a Jesus who comes upon a blind man in Mark 8. It's on page 930. I tried to look at it myself. My reading eyes, I couldn't see the print on the Bible. So if you can, that's great. If you just want to listen, that's fine too. God will still touch you no matter where you're at. Amen? My message today is entitled, Seeing Clearly. It's always amazing how God shows up. I had a different message all picked up for the week, and I always pick out the songs and share it with the team, and they go over the songs, and I pick out the song of reflection. And when I came in today, I thought, oh, I wonder if the new message is going to go along with the song of reflection. And I heard Scott and Ruth Praxin, and the song reflection is called Don't Let Me Lose Sight of Who You Are. And I forgot all about it, but the message today is called Seeing Clearly. <laughs> it's what God does. Mark 8:22. Then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. There are times when we are able and willing to seek God on our own. There are also times when we need our friends, our brothers and sisters to encourage us, to point us to Jesus. But ultimately, we must be willing. So whether you've been brought here or pressured to come or came on your own, God has something for you, but only if you're willing to listen and to receive. The man here in this passage is blind. But it's quite possible that it's more than just a physical blindness. There are other kinds of blindness that we read about in the Bible, including emotional and spiritual blindness. It's especially when we are spiritually blind that we need others to bring us to Jesus. We've been wounded, we've been hurt, we've been stuck in sin, we feel rejected for whatever reason and we can't hear God talking to us. We might even think we're doing okay and God and someone says, no, something missing in your life. It's, and we discount it and, we, and, and people are saying, no, I've got to get this person to Jesus. The people in this passage begged Jesus. This showed their urgency and their desperation, but we need to know something about Jesus first. We don't need to beg Him. This is what His Word declares in Matthew 7, verse 7. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Did you hear that? Everyone. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. We don't need to beg. We need only to ask in faith and to ask of him. We don't need to hope that we'll find him. We will find him if we are searching for him. 
Now, if you're looking for someone to commiserate with you, you might go on social media or in a gossip circle somewhere or to complain to someone else with you to kind of complain with you. But if you're looking for an answer, if you're looking for Jesus to touch you in the way that the world can't touch you, then all you got to do is ask Him. That's what His Word declares. That's the promise that we stand on. We have to believe Him at His Word and seek Him with all of our heart. Mark 8.23 So Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. I'm going to tell you right now, when we need a touch of Jesus, we need Jesus to lead us outside of the town. We need Him to take us outside of the village. When we are in need of a healing, we need to be surrounded by people who believe in the perfect gift of God. How many know there's enough people out there right now that don't believe in God? that don't believe that God is real or that God is alive or that He still touches you or that He still knows exactly what you're thinking and He still knows exactly what you need. We need to surround ourselves with people who believe in the overcoming power of Jesus, who believe in grace and forgiveness, and who believe that nothing is impossible for God. There are enough doubters around us on most days. There is no shortage of complainers and people stuck in negativity. When we are in need of a change, in need of a miracle, we need to allow Jesus to lead us outside of the village. Because when we get that touch from Jesus, understand that it is a seed if we go back and return to an environment that does not support that seed because there's condemnation and doubt and complaining, that seed of hope will dry up and it will never yield the fruit that it was meant to produce. But when we leave the village, we become planted in a vineyard full of life flowing with milk and honey and all the things necessary to bring about a complete healing. We hear about this in Psalm 1. Our brother Jerome spoke on this a few weeks ago. I guess it was more than a few weeks ago, was it? Back in the spring. Psalm 1 verse 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You see, we can choose where we want to hang out with. Let God lead you outside of the village. Verse 2, But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's what the body of Christ is in a good Bible-believing church. To get planted into a church where there is life-giving water. We're not perfect. 
I am not perfect. But as we submit to God, who is perfect, He can bring life to our situations. Amen? We need to put ourselves into an environment where the seed of His Word is watered by faith. And when you don't have enough faith to believe, let your brothers and sisters lock arms with you and stand up with you and for you and believe for you. Don't condemn yourself that you don't have the faith. That's what the body of Christ does. We water those seeds by faith. Nurtured by love so that it grows in hope. We need to seek a surrounding where His seed has the best chance to grow in us. Now, if you're in an environment that affects the seed, it doesn't mean that you just avoid your family and friends if they are a negative influence. It doesn't mean you never talk to them again. It just means that you need to protect the seed. Set aside time to cultivate the seed with like-minded people and make a priority to have some alone time just between you and God. Mark 8.23 When Jesus had spit on the man's eyes and put His hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? One of the most curious things in all of the Bible. Jesus spit on the man's eyes. I tell you that too many people are thrown off by the action instead of the substance. In other words, did you ever do something nice for someone else? But they received it wrong because they judged your actions instead of your heart. Rather than looking at why Jesus spit on someone, as if spit is degrading and disrespectful. Instead, Let's seek to understand why Jesus may have used saliva instead of a touch. What is saliva? Saliva is a substance used to break down food so it can be more easily digested and provide nutrients to the body. When Jesus spit on the man's eyes, he absolutely may have been breaking down the man's problems into different parts. Because the man, the man probably needed healing in several places, not just the physical. Do you remember that story in the... I was going to say it's not in my notes, but none of them are in my notes up here. Um, <laughs> huh? oh, remember that story where the friends brought their, their friend, the paralytic, on a, on a mat to Jesus? Do you remember what Jesus first said to him? He said, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say rise up and heal. In fact, the people got upset. Do you know that when God looks at you and you think you have a presenting problem, God knows what you need first? We all need our sins forgiven. He wasn't condemning the man. God, we may have a presenting problem, but Jesus goes to the root. Right? And so if we look at this as God's breaking His problem down, yes, He's blind, of course He needs to receive His sight, but is there something more? that we can break down. You see, if the man could understand all the parts, 
that were affected and eventually healed. It would give him wisdom like nutrients which would help him stay healthy in the future. I want us to look at the three touches of Jesus in this passage. First, He led him by the hand. Second, He spit on His eyes. And third, He laid His hands on him. Jesus touches us in different ways at different times, depending on what we need. Amen? Do you know that Jesus never touched anyone or anything and left it the same. There is power in the touch of Jesus. Mark 8.24 And the man looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now, many would say that this is an example of Jesus bringing a progressive cure. That He didn't get fully healed and eventually He would get healed. This leads people to conclude, when I have enough faith, I will receive the whole cure. This does not line up with Scripture. Jesus is enough. So how do we justify this Scripture? We must remember that in verse 22, it tells us that this man was blind. Could it be that it was, it was more than just a physical blindness? Could it be that there were some emotional wounds where others had let him down? Where others had not met his needs? Certainly, this is true for many people who approach Jesus. Maybe it's true for some of you today. People approach Jesus looking for His touch, His acceptance, His forgiveness, and His love. Could it be that instead of other people reaching out to this man in his time of need, they became like trees to Him? They stopped moving. They stopped reaching out. They stopped checking on Him. Maybe because they too were wounded. Regardless, it's possible that he saw people like trees, not willing to become invested in his life, not willing to help him carry his burdens to befriend him. Maybe it was even how he saw them right before his eyes had failed him. So when Jesus healed him, like he has done for so many people, he had to bring the physical healing first in order to get to the root of the problem. For the truth is that so many people have an emotional wound or an area that is out of sorts, a root of unforgiveness, maybe bitterness towards others. Maybe you have been rejected or hurt by people that you trusted. Maybe you allowed yourself to become vulnerable because no one reached out to you. Maybe even right now there is hurt and pain in your life which has caused some blindness to the fact that God desires to heal you right now. 
please don't think it's a coincidence that God changed my message last night. Maybe God changed it for you. If you would only trust Him. Consider Jesus seeking to break the problem down so the man could digest the full situation. If the man understood all the parts of the problem, he could receive a complete healing and also have the wisdom to not fall back into emotional and spiritual blindness in the future. Is it possible that the area in your life in which you are struggling could all be connected to an area where God has been trying to put His finger on? Not to shame, not to blame, but to reveal so He can heal. We see in Scripture that God does in fact heal us bit by bit for a very good reason. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 22, it says this, And the Lord God will drive out those nations before you Little by little, you will be unable to destroy them all at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. You see, the reason why God delivers us little by little is so that we know what we've been delivered from so we don't go back into it. Amen? This man needed to know it was more than a physical problem. All of us need to know it's more than just our presenting problem. There's always a root somewhere that we can't see, usually buried deep. Oftentimes we don't want to see it or we've ignored it for so long we forgot it's even there, but it connects to the presenting problem above the surface. It's very possible that this man had an emotional and spiritual problem that was keeping him blind. The same is often true for us as an emotional or a spiritual problem is what keeps us blind, keeps us wounded, keeps us from receiving the fullness of His healing. But also notice the exchange between Jesus and this man. There was constant communication. He healed him, and then He asked him if He could see anything. Once Jesus saw that the man understood the physical healing, he could now bring the emotional healing. Many times, we come to Jesus and ask Him why things are going wrong in our lives. We ask to get out of debt. We ask Him to restore our relationships. We ask Him for physical healing, but God has to break it down for us first. In your soul-searching time with God, let Him break it down for you. Will you let Him tell you the answer? Even if the answer is that you are wounded, that you are holding unforgiveness, that you are holding on to anger, that you have stopped believing and trusting that God has a better way for you, Will you allow Him to speak honestly to you that you have been going through the motions? 
that you have given up trusting someone that He has put in your life for a purpose. That God is calling you right now to come closer to Him than you ever have before. Will you let Him speak to your heart? And will you receive it? Mark 8.25 Then Jesus put His hands on the man's eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Jesus is patient with us. His amazing grace signifies that He knows we need more than one chance. He put His hands on His eyes again. Jesus is patient with us because He knows that He is the one that will carry us to completion. All we need to do is to be willing to trust Him instead of what we see. Instead of what we doubt or what we feel or what we don't know. So Jesus laid His hands on the man's eyes and this time the sight, the full sight, was restored, brought back, and he saw everyone clearly. Remember, he could already see, but he could not see people for who they were. You see, this is a story, a real story, about forgiveness. Forgiveness allows us to see people for who they are and not what they did to us. When you have unforgiveness, whether it's willing or not, you, cannot, you only see people for what they did to you. You need a revelation from God to begin to see them how God sees them. You know how God sees people that hurt you? He sees them as children who need to be healed. Just like us. Now the man could see others clearly. He had his eyes restored physically with the first touch of Jesus. And then he had the eyes of his heart opened with the second touch of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 17-19 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. The truth is that God wants us to see people When we look at ourselves or our problems, we stop the flow of God. In other words, when we dwell on our problems, it's as if we're saying it's our job to fix ourselves. But that goes against Scripture. One of my favorite verses is Philippians 1.6. It says this, that we can be confident of this, 
that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, many times God is saying to us, get out of the way so I can heal you. Stop dwelling on your problems and trying to figure it all out. When we get out of the way, we trust that God will take care of us and heal us completely. Trust is the key into the gate room of power. You just need to be willing to use it. Mark 8.26 Then Jesus sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. What is Jesus saying here? Don't go back into your old way of life. Once you have been free, don't surround yourself with doubters and complainers and mockers. Rather, surround yourself with like-minded people who desire to stay free. Who desire to maintain their health and grow in the things of God. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. If you feel God touching your heart or speaking to you as if this message was for you, it's for freedom that Christ called you here today. So that you can see Him clearly. So that you can be forgiven and so that you can extend forgiveness to others. And maybe so you can forgive yourself. So you can see yourself as a child of God that God created on purpose. And that you can see your Heavenly Father as the one who is trying to take everything out of your way. So you can clearly see Him for who He is. And maybe you need to forgive some people in your life so that you can see you have a purpose down here on earth. Not to hold on to unforgiveness and hurt and pain. Jesus died for all of that on the cross. But so that we can be His light in this world and reflect the light of His love to people that need it more than ever nowadays. Jesus desires that you see clearly so that you can receive every perfect gift He has for you and your future. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your power and Your love and Your grace. God, You know those of us who are hurting in every spot that's off kilter right now. Help us to allow You to speak to every area of our life, our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit. Help us to not be defensive when You're putting Your finger on something. Help us to know that You desire to heal us and restore us completely. Lord God, touch this body of Christ. Heal us. Forgive us. Help us to forgive one another. And then send us forth into this world to be Your arms and hands and feet and light and love. In Jesus' name, Amen.